Hello Cryptonauts, today is September 16th, 2020. On today's episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, we're going to talk about the top 10 daily stats as well as crypto news of the day. I am your host, Blockchain John. Cryptonauts, first reminder, we do have a Discord channel available for cryptocurrency chat in which I will leave a link in the description below. If you want to collaborate on my podcast, you can reach out to me through that Discord app or through the Anchor app. With that said, let's get started with your top 10 daily stats. Starting off with Bitcoin settling at $10,947.57 for a 0.1% gain. Second place, Ethereum settling at $380.82 for a 0.5% gain. Third place, USDT Tether settling at $0.99 for a 0.1% loss. Fourth place, XRP Ripple settling at $0.24 for a 0.2% loss. Fifth place, Polkadot settling at $4.91 for a 4.3% loss. Sixth place, Bitcoin Cash settling at $230.18 for a 1.4% loss. Seventh place, Chainlink settling at $10.44 for a 3.2% gain. 8th place, Binance Coin settling at $26.94 for a 0.2% loss. 9th place, Crypto.com Coin settling at $0.16 for a 0.1% loss. 10th place, Litecoin settling at $48.14 for a no loss, no gain. That there, Cryptonauts, is your top 10 stats, crypto stats. Your overall market is at $356.7 billion, down by 0.2%. Alright, let's get started with your crypto news of the day. Alright, Cryptonauts, second reminder. We are using Decrypt.co to get our daily news, as well as CoinGecko.com to get our daily stats. Don't forget to collect your daily candies. I just collected my 100 candies today. With that said, first news coming in from Sharua Malwa. Alleged Bitcoin mining scam flagged by the Philippines SEC. The Philippine Security and Exchange Commission has warned the public to steer clear from the Bitcoin mining company Mining City, an alleged Ponzi scheme, as per an official release. According to the site, Mining City offers six mining packages to investors ranging from $300 to $12,600 for the rental of its mining machines to mine Bitcoin vault, a Bitcoin fork that makes a highly Unlikely claim to have a better security than Bitcoin. Ranchers can then expect from $2 to $92 in payments every day based on the plan they purchase. Hmm, sketchy, huh? But those promises have raised red, red flags for the Philippines SEC. It, de- it, it described in its warning the scheme employed by Mining City clearly shows indication of a possible Ponzi scheme where new investors are used in paying fake profits to prior investors and is designed mainly for to favor its top recruiters. Well, there you go. That's a straight up Ponzi scheme, right? Hey, check out my referral link because you know, I get paid to refer you, which I, I'll admit I have a few referral links, but these are trusted referral links. You know, I trust Coinbase. I do trust, well, to a certain extent, I do trust Gemini, I do trust the Cash App, you know, I do trust Celsius Network, and I highly recommend them. 
Next news, written by Sharyuwa Malwa. Korean courts seize investors' shares in crypto exchange BitThumb. Korean regulators announced the seizure of the shares of crypto exchange BitThumb from a major investor earlier today amidst an ongoing case of the exchange allegedly defrauding its clients as per local outlet news, News Freeze Zone. BK Chairman Kim Byung-jeon, who had been earlier sued in the process for failing to acquire BitThumb, had his holdings in the exchange seized. This came after a decision by South Central District Court on September 14th, the report said. Mm. Okay. The seizure was completed today at the BitThumb Korea office in Gangnam-gu, Seoul. It was, over, it was overseen by accounting firm Samjong KPMG, which will be additionally prepared a, sh a short list to sell further stakes in BitThumb Holdings. BitThumb is currently undergoing investigations into its business after it allegedly sold its native BXA tokens for about 30 billion won, approximately $25 million, based on the former takeover deal with BK Group. However, the exchange then failed to list the tokens, which allegedly led to huge losses for investors. Ooh, that's a slap in the face. That's a big slap in the face. If you're an investor, you expect to get your get at least break even, right? I mean, at least. Well, you gotta be careful with your profits. Well, be careful with your investments, should I say? Next news, written by Robert Stevens. OKCoin OK latest exchange to offer Wi-Fi slash USD pairing. Mm-hmm. Exchange OKCoin OK today announced that it will begin listing three tokens that have recently jumped in price. Urine Finance, Wi-Fi, Compound, Comp, and Polkadot's Dot. The exchange supports US dollar pairing for three listings for customers in 150 countries, including the US. But excluding Singapore, Brunei, Japan, and countries in the European Union. It claims to be the second exchange that supports US dollar pairing for Wi-Fi after Coinbase Pro. As long-term crypto proponents, we fundamentally believe that DeFi shows the potential of decentralizing the full-text stack of the financial system, Hong Feng OK's Coins CEO told Decrypt. Alright, obviously they're just trying to make some profit, but hey, that's the way the game's played, right? You just gotta try to make some profit along the way. Next news, written by Sharyuwa Malwa. Binance rolls out Bitcoin debit card across Europe. What? Crypto exchange Binance said Wednesday, its Binance Visa card is now available for, for use throughout the European economic area as per a release. The rollout was initially announced in July this year. Crypto cards allow users to preload their accounts using supported cryptocurrencies, which are then converted to fiat and deducted from the, from the balance during the time of payment at a retail location. In Binance's case, the money is taken directly from the user's trading, trading account. Powered by Swipe, works like your traditional works like your traditional debit card, but instead of fiat, you'll be holding digital assets such as BTC, BNB, SXP, and BUSD. Your card is linked to a card wallet within your account, and you can replenish this wallet with funds stored on your spot wallet. Explained the Binance in a release. Hmm, sounds pretty nice. Sounds pretty nice. I like that. I like that. I like that. Next news, written by Jeff Benson. <clears throat> New Bermuda Bank taps Anchorage for crypto custody. Okay. Jewel, a proposed Bermuda bank, 
isn't yet licensed to take deposits, but it's already positioned itself to be a Bermuda's first bank for digital assets. That could have ramifications for cryptocurrency companies off the island as well. The proposed bank announced today that Anchorage, a platform for digital assets custody, will take on Jewel as a client. The, the partnership allows Jewel to move forward with its plan to provide checking accounts and other banking services to companies in the digital, digital space. Hmm. At most, at its most basic, a digital asset custody service holds a private key on behalf of another party. Since Anchorage doesn't use cold storage, the asset stored there remains relatively liquid but secure. Ooh, I don't know about that. With Anchorage backing, Jewel can extend lending services to crypto companies using stored assets as collateral. You know what? Hmm. The question is who are they using, right? That's the question. Next news written by Andrew Hayward. Turner Sports makes blockchain gaming bid with Block Blockletti Blockletti Golf. Blockletti Golf. Hmm. Turner Sports, the Warner Media division with roots in television broadcasting and streaming video content, announced today that it has entered the burgeoning blockchain-based gaming space with the launch of Blockletti Block Blocklet Blocklet Golf, the first in the Blocklet game series. Blacklight Golf is playable via web browser and has users compete against each other to swing their digital clubs and land closest to the targets in the distant grass. The blockchain element makes this more than a simple competitive division. Diversion. Players can purchase their own block blocklet digital athlete, which can be leveled up and enhanced as they play the game and earn abilities ability points via skill skill challenges. Interesting. Well, um, if you're into golf, maybe that's something that you might want to check out. Next news written by Daniel Phillips. Can Bitcoin ever become worthless? Oh, okay, okay, let's read this. Bitcoin has been on an uptrend for much of its, much of its existence, with its price climbing from essentially zero to as high as $20,000 in under a decade. Even trading at half of all its time high, the cryptocurrency is one of the largest cryptocurrencies in the world and in its short short lifespan has become one of the most profitable assets of all time. Despite the growth, Bitcoin's detractors have long argued that it's only a matter of time before it collapses back to zero. Former Bitcoin Cash proponent Calvin Ayre recently stated that Bitcoin is worthless, while American business tycoon Warren Buffett has frequently lambasted Bitcoin and recently told CNBC that all cryptocurrency, Bitcoin included, is worthless. Hmm. Could Bitcoin really crash to zero? In 2018, two Yale University economists, Yukin uh, Lu and Ale Tisvinsky, published a report titled Risk and Returns of Cryptocurrency, in which the authors examined the risk of Bitcoin collapsing to zero in the span of a day by using Bitcoin's historic returns to calculate its risk neutral disaster probability. The author found that the likelihood of an unspecified disaster crash in Bitcoin to zero ranged from between 0 to 1.3% and was around 0.4% at the time of publication. For comparison, Tavinsky stated that the euro has a 0.009% chance of the same in an interview with Yale News. Okay. Fringe case scenario. If Bitcoin were truly to crash to zero, it would mean that it would be either impossible to trade Bitcoin or exchange it for goods and services, or that buy buy side liquidity has fallen to zero for some reason 
realistically one of the only possible scenarios that could cause Bitcoin being banned by all the world governments potentially rendering it illegal to own or use. As in the case of a handful of countries, this, this would also require taking down the entire Bitcoin network rendering all nodes offline, including in one space. Hmm, uh-huh, uh-huh. Interesting. Uh, as a, a similar phenomenon was observed relatively recently when the Reserve Bank of India RBI demonetized RS500 and 1000 notes in November 2016 due to the massive increase in counterfeit notes. Although the authentic RS500s and 1000s notes can no longer be used as legal tender in India, they still retain some value as a work of arts as, or as in curiosity. Hmm. Okay. So overall, even if it goes to becomes worthless, there's still some value for people to use. Okay. Next news written by Scott Cipollina. Ava Labs to launch Avalanche platform for DeFi application. Ava Labs, an open source platform in the decentralized finance space, is launching Avalanche, a fully featured mainnet for DeFi applications and blockchain developments. The launch is scheduled for September 21st, 2020. DeFi refers to financial applications built on blockchain technology. The space has been growing at speeds within the crypto industry, peaking at just under $10 billion in total value this month. However, this growth has been marred with intense pressure on the Ethereum network, with issues like network congestion and high fees holding back for the progress. The Avalanche platform is attempting to address these issues and promote growth and participation in the DeFi space. Okay. Uh, let's see, scroll on down. What is Avalanche? Avalanche is a smart contract blockchain platform that confirms transactions in under a second, enabling millions of independent validators to participate in a full block production node. Producing node, the platform also carries a native token, AVAX, which will primarily be used to secure the network through staking, payment option, operational fees, and creation of the new tokens on Avalanche itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. The state of DeFi. <clears throat> DeFi's token value has grown from approximately 1.5 billion to approximately 9 billion in the last three months. Amidst the exponential growth, the DeFi space has also held back, has also been held back by hacks and consumer losses. Most recently, the, the DeFi protocol BZX was hacked for the third time this year, experiencing over $8 million worth of consumer losses as a result. Recent development underscores just how young the space is and how much it still has to mature before it can really boom. Sire said. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Next news. Written by Jeff Benson. Book sheds new light on Ethereum $55 million DAO hack. Ooh, I remember the DAO. If the biggest mystery in Bitcoin is Satoshi's identity, Ethereum may be who was behind the DAO hack. Bloomberg News Technology reporter Matthew Lacing has de devoted the better part of four years to answering that question. In the forthcoming book, out of the ether, this amazing story of Ethereum and the $55 million heist that almost destroyed it all, due out September 23rd. He lays out he lays out who came to who came to suspect. The DAO hack was in June 2016 attacked the first Ethereum-based decentralized autonomous organization, which has raised $150 million in a crowd set, which at the time that was the most ever raised on a raised on cryptocurrency in general. I mean, that was amazing. I, I was literally part of that. I, I, I want to forget that because when I invested my money into the DAO and when it got hacked, I was like, no, I lost my money. All of it. Because I was 100% in. 
hundred percent. That was that was a big mistake. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Um, scrolling on down. The Dow hack is a seminal moment in Ethereum's history because it posted an ex existential threat to the network. Fallout from the hack led to the splitting of the network into Ethereum Classic blockchain, where the illicit transaction remained in place, and the Ethereum blockchain, where they were essentially erased. Given the hack's importance to the nascent currency, it makes sense that it provides the lens through which lensing can explain how Ethereum came to the second largest cryptocurrency. Okay, scrolling on down. Well, this is a long article. The reason would be the level of access lacing was able to secure not just two talkative public figures like Vitalik Buterin and Joe Lubin, but just about everyone involved in founding accidentally endangering and saving Ethereum. There's a lot of people I spoke to and everybody was really generous with me. Apart from a few people like 8th Ethereum co-founder Jeff Willick and former Ethereum Foundation Exec Executive Director Ming Chan, I spoke to everybody involved in the early days of the and in the foundation and in Slocket, which coded the DAO. As for the attempt to find the Ether Thief lacing told Decrypt, I sprinkled it throughout the book to keep people's interest and try to explain in an easy way as I could as one of the craziest heists that that's ever happened. Which makes sense. After all, Lacing said, it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder the deeper you go. I try to bring people <laughs> people along and tell a good story. Wow. Alright. Next news. Oh, check out the book. Get it. Make sure you get a copy of it. What was it again? It was uh, Out of the Ether. There you go. Next news, written by Scott Cipollina. UBS doubts that Bitcoin is a safe haven, safe haven asset. Banking giant UBS is skeptical <clears throat> is skeptical that Bitcoin is a safe haven asset according to a report issued on September 9th by its Swiss division. A safe, safe haven asset is a financial instrument that is expected to retain or grow in value during period, periods of an economic decline. They exist independently and of the wider economy which means they can resist market crashes and provide investors with profit when other traditional assets fail or depreciate over time. While the demand for safe haven assets is growing, the UBS report suggests Bitcoin is not one of them. Given their higher volatility and the size of the past drawdowns, cryptocurrency might be attractive to speculative investors, but they are neither a suitable alternative to safe haven assets nor do they necessarily contribute to the portfolio diversification, the report said, stated. Alright. Well. Maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. Next news, written by Will Heisman. The first party of Ethereum 2.0 is formally submitted. The first part, the first part of Ethereum 2.0 is formally submitted. Core developer Danny Ryan has submitted a proposal for the first and most critical phase of Ethereum 2.0, moving it closer to its launch. The proposal dubbed Serenity Phase 0 is responsible for bringing about the highly anticipated proof of stake consensus mechanism, an efficient method for validating transactions on the Ethereum network. The new POS chain, known as Beacon Chain, will be built alongside Ethereum's existing network in the coming months. The Road to Serenity Phase 0 just makes one stage out of the staggering six-phase launch of Ethereum 2.0, which is the latter phase expected to extend well into 2022. Wow! Okay, the shipping phase of phase one, similarly paid for 2020, rollout aims to introduce the sharding mechanisms, a method of splitting data into multiple fragmented or shards with the results of 
lessening the load on the network. Sharding is one of the primary motivations behind the ETH 2.0 with hopes pinned on the novel space saving approach solving Ethereum's scaling issue. Okay, currently within its Mandala test network, a sandbox environment for testing the new protocol ETH 2.0 will soon undergo further experimentation upon the Spadina public testnet running parallel to Medela. Spadina's raison d'etre is to allow developers to trial certain elements of ETH 2, including deposits in Genesis without disrupting dev, dev momentums on Spadina. With phase 0 under deliberation and a multitude of tests underway, a November launch isn't looking so far-fetched after all. Right. Well, hopefully it's hopefully it's November. I I really hope. I'm crossing my fingers. <clears throat> Next news, written by Scott Chaplina. IOHK is handing out two hundred fifty thousand dollars to Cardano projects. IOHK, a blockchain research development company, today announced two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of funding for Project Catalyst, an initiative built by applications on the Cardano ecosystem. Cardano is a decentralized public blockchain which is fully open source. The network allows community members to ch chance. The network allows community members the chance to develop applications on top of the blockchain itself. Developers can conceivably build on anything ranging from infrastructure to market initiatives, and with Projects Catalyst re uh, receiving its first round of funding, it should set the ball rolling. The fund com combined with its democratic voting system means that every ADA holder can be part of the make, making key decisions for future of the ecosystem," said Charles Hoskinson, CEO of IOHK, in a statement. Well, there you go. If you're looking to make a little coin, start building on the Cardano platform. Next news, written by Matthew DeSalvo, Coinbase wants to fund your stablecoin startup. San Francisco-based cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase announced today that it wants to fund more stablecoin-based startups. The firm made the announcement to celebrate USD Coin (USDC) hitting $2 billion market cap. USDC is a regulated stablecoin pegged to the US dollar that runs on Ethereum. And as long as and as of July, jeez, let me read that one more time. And as of just recently, also on Algorand, it was launched in 2018 by Center. A collaboration between Coinbase and payment firm Circle. Coinbase Ventures, the arm of the exchange that invests in new business in hopes hopes to invest in stable Coinbase startups with USDC bootstrap funds, an investment fund that supports developers building DeFi protocols using USDC. Stable coins are one of the most promising vehicles for creating greater financial assets and inclusions, Coinbase said in a Wednesday blog post. In celebration of USDC's tremendous growth, and the rapid rise of the stablecoins as for important important crypto innovation we're issuing a request for startups there you go so if you got a startup hit up coinbase help have them help you out next news written by the defiant be greedy in private urges DeFi investor writing the fair launch trend in the latest DeFi drama, a developer and investor behind the token called safe made a mistake when developed when deploying a piece of code and now they're both calling each other out and publishing their private ch private chats as the token tanks. But this is petty squ squabble squabble points at a at a bigger problem. 
the latest DeFi trend of the community-owned projects and fair launches has raised the virtual bar to hit levels that most can't or won't reach. What, what's going on? Setting the stage. Projects will do everything possible to look like they're abiding by the new unwritten DeFi rules. Okay. No pre-mine, no VC money, 100% community-owned, valueless tokens, decentralized governance. Once, they set, set, uh, once they've set the stage, they'll look for ways to make a quick profit as soon as the project gains steam. Chef Nomi is one example with your sushi shop, Chef Insurance of Safe is another. Okay, okay. Guildfarben.insure launched with, with the um, commendable uh, stated goal to incentivize DeFi traders to protect their investments with insurance instruments. Yield farmers who buy who buy cover on their assets on your finance yinsure.finance can stake the YNFTs tokens they get in exchange on yieldfarming.insure stakers would, would then receive safe tokens in return. What is going on? This is confusing. This is something I've never heard before. You, you can now get insurance on your tokens. Okay. Ranking in millions. Uh, in the very early days of the project, Chef, Chef Insurance, who also goes by the name Alan, was approached by Azim Ahem, an investor who has been one of the one of the first to farm safe thanks to accidental Degen bet on NFTs and made millions by selling near top, according to the leaked chat. Okay. Rushing to deploy. Uh, Ahem started publishing the developer to uh, pushing the developer to start offering incentives for the fourth pool immediately. Ahem's concern, concern was that if there was no incentives to stake safe, traders would farm and dump the token, and he'd be stuck holding safe in the pool. Chef Insurance was re re reticent as he didn't want to go blindsided, as he didn't want to blindside other investors, but he finally agreed. Amid the flurry of messages, Ahem ended up opening the balancer pool ahead of time and in, and in a panicked move immediately removed the liquidity he had added. When he removed tokens, the pool locked up, left 10,000 safe inside. Okay. Blame game. Next, the blame game starts between Ahem and Chef, with both criticizing other publicly and privately. The message leaks are not good looking for either. Beyond the pool deployment, mess also transpired the developers had also been asking ahem for five hundred thousand dollars salary to take a gap year to develop a project which would cover his living expenses and student debt payments ahem had agreed to this payment but was concerned that the agreement stayed between them publicly he should say he's taking nine thousand dollars a month salary in line with what yearns andre Cronji is paid what be greedy be greedy privately, Ahem said. You must look like a saint. Privately, I'll make sure you're, you're you, I'll make sure you cash in, cash in hard. Okay, that's a good deal. That's a good idea. The developer said. If the expectation is open source developers, the team needs to work for free. This private scheming will continue. There needs to be better and transparent incentives for DeFi builders, or else they'll either find some backhanded way to get paid, market rates, or go another industry. Okay. That was a weird, a weird news article. I need to look more into that. That was a weird one. I've never read anything so weird than that. Who wrote that again? The Defiant. That was a weird one. Next news, written by Jose Antonio Lance. Bitcoin price hits $11,000. Recovers from early September crash. Really? 
<clears throat> At the beginning of the month, the price of Bitcoin took a beating. It sank from nearly $12,000 per coin all the way down to $10,000 over the course of just two days. Today, Bitcoin seems to have finally recovered from that crash, trading above $11,000 per coin for the first time since then, even if briefly. <clears throat> At the moment, Bitcoin is trading just below $11,000, having corrected slightly since hitting the mark. This would be the third day in a row that Bitcoin shows bullish signs since its crash. It has steady growth for the coin since a slight dip to $10,300 on Sunday. And the markets are reasonably healthy too. Bitcoin's relative strength index, a metrics that estimates the equilibrium of buyers and sellers in the market, shows a near perfect balance at the moment. In other words, neither Bitcoin bulls nor Bitcoin bears are dominating the market at the time. This is, in general, positive news for holders. The absence of excessive FUD or FOMO sentiment is a sign that the markets aren't particularly nervous, and there's no reason to suspect any apparent overreaction from traders. Then again, this is crypto, and the market doesn't always behave rationally. True, true. So, at least for the time being, we're looking like we're going sideways. Which isn't bad. Especially for me, I'm just going to speak on my behalf. As long as my crypto, my Bitcoin, is sitting on the Celsius network, I'm earning interest every single week. Every day, as a matter of fact. And that's fine with me. Next news, written by Andrew Hayward. U.S. charges Chinese, Malaysian hackers, and crypto jacking plot. The United States Department of Justice today announced that it has charged seven individuals, five Chinese and two Malaysian nationals, with a host of cybercrimes, including hacking companies and organizations planting ransomware and remotely using computers to mine cryptocurrencies. The grand jury indictments, originally issued in August 2019 and 2020, were unsealed today upon news that Malaysian authorities had arrested the two nationals charged by the U.S. The United States is seeking their extradition currently. The five Chinese nationals remain at large. According to a release in uh, the August 2019 indictment, charged Chinese nationals uh, Zheng Haran and Tan Dailin with 25 counts, including conspiracy, money laundering, wire fraud, and aggravated identity theft. The duo's alleged, alleged hacking conspiracy targeted tech companies, while a video game-centric plot saw them allegedly hack game publishers to steal or generate digital items and currencies that that then they then resold. They also reportedly targeted rival criminal groups to edge out the competition. Wow. Interesting. Next news. Written by Robert Stevens. Kraken will be the first U.S. crypto bank. Here's why it matters. The line between crypto exchange and bank just got even blurrier. Today, the state of Wyoming awarded crypto exchange Kraken a license to create a crypto bank in the state, which it is tentative, tentatively calling Kraken Financial. This makes Kraken the first U.S. crypto exchange to create a bank, specifically a special purpose depository institution, which means that Kraken can hold custody over digital assets, operate payment systems, and allow customers to easily switch between fiat and crypto. Kraken Financial's customers, currently limited to U.S. residents and no New Yorkers, could pay bills and receive salaries in cryptocurrencies, as well as hold cryptocurrency with the bank. Once the bank launches, David Kaninsky, Kraken F Kraken's financial CEO, told Decrypt that the bank expects to launch this either later this year, but most likely at the beginning of the first quarter of 2021. Kraken intends to introduce new services, among them crypto debit cards 
and stake in services over the next few years. Wow, well there you go, crack in. Awesome, you finally did it. You're the first. Came out of the blue. Next news, written by Adriana Hamacher. There are now 10,000 Bitcoin ATMs globally. Globally, Bitcoin ATM's installation hits 10,000 10, today, seven years after the first machine debuted. Their numbers have risen by an average of 167% year, year on year, according to data from Norwegian financial services company. Oh, um, XG Bloggen? In fact, 2020 has far surpassed previous years. In the first nine months, the number of ATMs rose from 3,885 a 67% increase on, on 2019. It's an indication of COVID-19's effect on the industry as it ushers in a wider trend towards the, the use of more innovative forms of financial interactions and the root health of the cryptocurrency sector. <clears throat> ATMs are providing to be one of the most convenient and quickest ways to transfer physical cash into Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, said Daniel Pulaski, CEO and co-founder of CoinFlip, a leading U.S. Bitcoin ATM operator. Bitcoin is a very complicated concept and we've packaged it up and made it easier for you to go to that ATM, use cash, and you get Bitcoin right away before you can even get back your card, he told Vcrypt. Well, there you go. Sounds nice. The only thing from my experience about using uh, Bitcoin ATMs is that the whole idea behind Bitcoin's ATMs is to stay um, anonymous. But that's not necessarily true anymore because now you got to provide your phone number, you got to provide your driver license, you got you get you got to allow the ATM to take a picture of your driver license. I mean, that's that's all bad. <laughs> What's the point then, right? <clears throat> I guess the only nice thing about that is that if you actually want cash, if you need cash nowadays, I mean, I, I I'm one that actually doesn't. I haven't used cash in a very long time. Um, yeah, wow. Since this whole COVID thing started, I I just started using my phone a lot more. Just tap to pay, tap to pay, or swipe my card if they don't have tap to pay. And that's what I've been doing. I rarely use cash. And I've already been transitioning to tap to pay for a while. But now that COVID's hit, eh, it's tap to pay pretty much 100% of the way. Uh, yeah, unless, unless it's very... I mean, I keep cash, but that cash really doesn't really, it, it really doesn't move out of my wallet. It just stays there unless there's somebody out there that only accepts cash. But I really don't go to places that only accept cash. Anyways, next news written by Robert Stevens. Base.money DeFi's game of chicken. What? Experimental DeFi financial project based dot monkey. Money. Monkey? <laughs> Money. <laughs> Known, knows its audience well. <clears throat> Take a look at, at its homepage, which is plastered with absurdist animation. A Tesla cyber truck shuffles to and fro while the dismembered head of Vitalik Buterin tumbles upward. Mm. It even has its own vaporwave soundtrack ripped from the lo-fi beats to code to playlist. This uh, the aim is to keep blockchain weird and to continue in the spirit of the original cypherpunk, cypherpunk movement. One of its creators, a full-time Silicon Valley tech worker who operates beneath the moniker-based Money God, told Decrypt, a healthy volume. 
But strip away the meme and you will find that one of the month old projects which reached a markup of $59 million. That's so insane. It's so insane. It's so insane. Uh, it, and whose 2,837 wallets trade $3 million for the token each day. One of the most uh, degenerated econ uh, economic experiments to come out of the summer's DeFi craze. It's premise loosely based on the Ample Fourth DeFi project is far from simple, but the nuts and bolts of it are thus. Every day, there's a chance that the, that its protocol will rebase, meaning it will try to recalibrate the price of its coin based to one dollar, like central bank trying to manage the economy based on money. This is by manipulating the amount of based in circulation. But unlike central banks, based on money does this by manipulating your supply. What? Based monetary policy orbits the price of USD, a decentralized stablecoin, to track the US dollar, give or take a couple of cents. If the price of base token is 5% over the price of USD at the time of, of the rebase, then the protocol will award you with more tokens. But if it's under 5%, the US protocol will burn your tokens. You don't lose money per se, but instead you gain or lose assets to steady the price of token. Okay, well. So it sounds like this, you're not, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. It, it sounds like you're, you're just, you're in it for the dollars. Oh, I don't know how to say this. Um, you're not really in it for the appreciation of the crypto because obviously there is no appreciation. It stays uh, a one for one. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Next news written by Matthew DeSalvo. Fed's interest rates plan could push investors to Bitcoin. <clears throat> well, I gotta start speeding this up, right out of time. The Federal Reserve today said it would keep interest rates near 0% through 2023 in a move that could push investors towards Bitcoin. At the conclusion of a two-day policy meeting, during which the Federal Reserve Board of Governors discussed how to actualize its general strategy and late inflation rise, the Fed said that near-zero interest rates would likely be in place through 2023 to help the U.S. recover from the economic fallout from the coronavirus pandemic. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell told, told the press conference with regards to interest rates, we now indicate that we expect it to be appropriate to maintain the current 0.25% target range for the federal funds rate until labor market conditions have reached levels consistent with the committee's assessment of ma a maximum employment and inflation has risen to 2% and it's on track to exceed 2% for some time. <clears throat> Alright, 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 alright. Let's go on down. The world of traditional finance is already looking to gold, Bitcoin, and other digital assets as a response to the coronavirus outbreak exposes weaknesses to these dollars. So last week, the, the correlation between gold and Bitcoin prices reached records high, suggesting that the digital currency is becoming more of a safe haven asset. That could continue if low interest rates create a snowball effect. If this era of low interest rates becomes the new normal, it makes me wonder whether that will make people even more skeptical about the current financial system," said Boviard. <clears throat> Alright, next news. Written by Alexander Behrens. SwapX DEX rewards users for supporting DeFi. SwapX, a new decentralized exchange, is offering reward systems for providing liquidity across the DeFi ecosystem. That's right, it's giving away a governance token. Well, two actually. Swap, SwapX 
announced today that the imminent launch of liquidated providers token staking allows liquidated providers to earn the swap x governance token swp as a reward for staking lp tokens on other decentralized exchanges such as uniswap and balancer lp token staking is expected to launch in the coming days well there you go okay next news written by jeff benson DeFi protocol uniswap introduces unique governance token okay Uniswap, in exchange for swapping Ethereum-based tokens, announced today that it has created its own token, Uni. The introduction of the Uni will allow it to promote the platform platform's growth using a decentralized mechanism. Just as importantly, it lets users reward users with a token asset at the time of such rewards are becoming standard in DeFi. At their core, governance tokens are likely a loyalty program mixed with company shares. Users get credits for contributing to the platform as well as vote on how the protocols run. Governance tokens have become a speculative investment as of late, with decentralized finance, finance devotees flocking to platforms such as Yearn.Finance, which distributes Wi-Fi tokens currently valued at $36,000. Uniswap's token, however, is more directly a response to SushiSwap, a clone of the protocol that added, you guessed it, a token that encourages people to use it. It also tried to drain Uniswap's of, of liquidity. Indirect challenge. To the exchange at the moment, according to DeFi Pulse, Uniswap and SwissShop have the second and third most value locked in the protocols, respectively, a measure of how much they're used. Okay, well, there you go, Cryptonauts. We are done for the day. That's all your crypto news of the day. Um, hopefully, I didn't rush it too much, but there's always going to be more news tomorrow. Don't worry about that. There's a lot of crypto news, tons. Actually, as a matter of fact, that was a lot of news. I think there was probably there's probably like 20 articles that I just read and I only read small little snippets of it so if you want you can always scroll on back head on to uh, decrypt.co and read the full articles of any of those that I just read so with that said cryptonauts I'll catch you all no hold on no 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 there's a few referral links if you're looking to convert your fiat into crypto check them out also if you're looking to earn compounded interest like I mentioned earlier in the episode um, that's the Celsius network platform i highly recommend them you just put you just just deposit your uh your cryptos on there and you're earning you're earning money i mean it's passive if you look for passive income that's an awesome way to earn passive income straight up i love it with that said cryptonauts i'll catch you all on the next one adios